0: Welcome to Two Gals and a Glass Half Full. We are Dr. Jess and Dr. Bobby, two physical therapists just trying to live healthy most of the time and doing our best to see our glasses as half full. Some days that is much harder than others. So we like to interview others more knowledgeable than us on different topics to teach us about things we do not know. Um, And so we are going to continue in the month of November talking about relationships and all different types of relationships. Uh, But first, Dr. Jess, what do you have in your cup today? So today
1: I'm drinking my morning smoothie. It's got all sorts of good stuff. Oat milk, frozen fruits, chia seed, flax seed, protein powder, microgreens, and
0: some um, peanut butter, ground peanut butter stuff. So, I have to say, cool. when I visit Dr. Jess, I get one and they're pretty good, like really good. <laughs> <laughs> I drink it every morning,
1: it fills me up. <laughs> yeah. So, Dr. Bobby, what's in your glass?
0: I just have plain old water this morning.
1: I like it. Oh, H2O, hydrated. get
0: that hydration in. Mm-hmm.
1: And today we have a special guest with us. This is Kate Pierce, AKA my mother. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, um, before we get started, what's in your glass?
2: my glass is coffee with cream and it's my favorite beverage of choice first thing in the morning
1: <laughs> you know, out the mug that she's drinking it out of it's a great <laughs> logo <laughs> my what is that
0: logo Jess
1: that's my clinic core essentials <laughs> a little plug there mm-hmm. right yes <laughs> always yeah. So, Kate, tell us a little bit about yourself, your your background,
2: quick bio. Um, quick bio. Um, well, I'm retired. Uh, spent about forty four years in the workplace doing lots of different things. Uh, raised three wonderful children. I have four amazing grandchildren, and um, uh, living happily uh, as a retired person.
1: I love it. So in this episode, we are going to be talking about workplace relationships. So we've covered, you know, marriages. We've covered individuals that are single looking to get into a relationship. We've covered friends and family. And mm-hmm. the last, the kind of, you know, which is going to kind of bundle it all up into a nice little bundle is workplace. Because uh, when you think about it, we really do spend a lot of time at work. Mm-hmm. And if we don't cover workplace relationships, then I think we're really missing a big piece of our, our daily interactions. So,
0: I was going to say, sometimes I feel like you spend more time with them than you get to spend with your family. So I feel <laughs> like it really does affect a lot of your life and how you're feeling. And when you go in and when you leave, you know, when you come home to your family.
1: Yeah. And it, it makes a big difference on how like, you're the quality of your day, the quality of your job performance, your career growth, um, self-esteem within your job setting. I mean, it's just, it's huge. It's really like the workplace is, is really important for a lot of people. Um, so that being said over, you know, over the course of the years, you've experienced a lot of different job settings. Uh, Uh, so what did you notice as a first, like a big generalization of the job settings where it just seemed to be a healthier, more conducive setting with relationships versus a setting that was less healthy like what did you notice was kind of the driving force uh
2: i would say probably the the personalities of the the folks with whom i worked um it it helps to have personalities who um, get along with each other uh <laughs> toxic kinds of folks uh aren't doing anybody any good. Um, Not everybody has to be the same, but to be united in um, basic values, you know, Mm -hmm. like kindness and respect and hard work and and that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'd say that that's
1: something um, before I started this clinic in the previous place where I was working, we actually started doing uh, having all employees do the Enneagram test as they were coming on board to be hired. That way we could better understand them. And then in staff meetings, you know, we would have these meetings about like, oh, I'm a, you know, I'm a one and you're a three and you're a seven, just so that the individuals could better understand the personalities that they were working with. Because otherwise things could get really convoluted very quickly. It could seem like somebody's out to get you when, you know, objectively speaking, they didn't attack you. They didn't call you a name. They didn't, you know, like, uh, you know, what's going on here. And then you realize it's two very, very, very different personalities. Mm -hmm. So kind of having these conversations, it was great because we were better able to get people to understand who they're working with. Um, So that was just something that we had implemented and and it was, it made a big difference in in the workplace. And I've
0: noticed at least with my not, I guess it's not short experience working. We're starting to get into like that middle part. Yeah. Um, but it only takes one person. Like you can have yeah. a group and a large group of really good, hardworking, awesome people that get a, get along. And it really only takes one person to start really disrupting that whole um atmosphere. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's true. And that it's unfortunate, and I don't know. I don't exactly know why, but that one person can do way more damage than 10, like, good people, you know, when it comes to, when it comes to work, especially.
2: Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, have you experienced that?
2: Uh, I have, actually. Yeah. And uh, I think a lot of it can go back to the hiring manager, someone who, um It's really helpful to have them in tune with the the different kinds of personalities that are out there and and to look for maybe some red flags in the the interview process. Of course, everyone's going to put their best foot forward and that kind of thing. Um, But just to have that awareness and, you know, the kind of person that they want to bring into the organization um, to to just be aware, because absolutely uh, one one. Person can really it, it kind of create a cancer, you know, that goes throughout mm-hmm. the the organization, and uh, and it's amazing how how one person um yeah. can uh can do that. Unfortunately, yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. I like how you said it. Kind of comes to the hiring, and I think that is like even we talked about earlier leadership and how to you know from that aspect, it kind of all veers down the same road. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Have you experienced it, Bobby? The one like one divider. Yes. Yeah. And in my experience, it was a it was a quote unquote leadership person.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Um yeah. Which yeah. was even, I think, rougher mm-hmm. than right. just a like an employee. Yeah.
1: It's really, it's and I have as well. It was, yeah. Um, yeah, like the amount I was questioning myself and you know. It, it was like, is this me? Like how like how can I not be seeing the straight, you know? Uh and I think from the leadership level, if it's not recognized that that we have this individual in here that's just kind of creating all of this divide and contention, uh, then if it if it, it's never handled or addressed, then what happens is you start losing uh mm-hmm. good people. And then, yeah. and then that gets into retention issues. Um so it's just, it's always kind of funny how, um, how much that's not necessarily appreciated in, in a workplace setting. It's like, what are the qualifications? What's on the resume? What, you know, how much has this person worked in this, in this field? Uh, you know, what kind of degree do they have? You know, all that kind of stuff. But like, you know, how do you become sensitive to the other things? Mm-hmm. So as you progressed into your career and you became into a leadership role,
2: how did you start looking for that kind of stuff? Um, I basically, I didn't realize it at the time, but I had a boss who was just um, so gifted in knowing his people in the organization, knowing the needs of the organization and fitting the people best where their strengths are. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that I learned quite a lot from that. I didn't realize it at the time, but that was really, really helpful. It kept everyone in the organization knowing their piece of the pie and what they were Mm -hmm. responsible for um, and knowing the big picture also, but how can, you know, the individual's contribute what they can from from their their strengths and I think that was I tried to bring that into my leadership style was to let everyone know exactly be clear about what they were doing and how they fit into the big picture and everybody is integral into into having everything work right but also I always had like an open door policy so if anyone needed to come in one-on-one I just always made the time for them because I think it's important for people to be heard and to to have their 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 thoughts and their feelings validated and um then that I think just contributes to to a healthier workplace and and the the relationships that are in it mm-hmm. yeah.
1: I would say that open door is huge because uh, yeah. like I mean if people, Keep things built up and pent up, and they don't say anything about it, and it just all starts to ruminate. That's when it's like that one divider starts creating other dividers, Mm -hmm. and then all of a sudden, it's like there's this like there's teams. Mm -hmm.
0: Like, yeah. Yeah. And I, I think with the open door, I think that's really important. But then also, I think it's important to take that open door, and then like once you're done, like once they kind of get out what they're feeling to kind of turn it back and be like, okay, so how do you think we could fix this? So that way, it's just not like a complaining room. It's like, okay, you can release your complaints, because we all need to do that. We all need to kind of let it go. But then, all right, I'm going to turn it back on you. Like, how can we make the situation better? Where do you feel like we could help with this, you know, and help them let them be part of the solution as well?
2: Yeah yeah um, cuz then once they have buy in into the solution then um it's it's more of a peer to peer kind of uh i think that's just much more effective when you're looking mm-hmm. to to you know just address issues or whatever it happens to be but top down really that kind of heavy handedness i don't think in my opinion doesn't work very well it's more um just the coming, coming up from, you know, from the individuals and coming together in seek of a solution. Mm
0: -hmm. So Kate, did you ever in any of your positions um, do hiring? Yes. Okay. So um, one thing I, so question for you. So one thing I, I love Dave Ramsey. Um, I know he's not for everyone, but one thing I really learned from him is he talks a lot about in his Entree Leadership book. um, He talks a lot about hiring process and how, it is more detrimental to just hire, like if you have a bunch of candidates, but you don't have the right one to just hiring someone, you know, to fill the spot and how that is more detrimental than just waiting as long as everyone's proactively looking and like, you know, on board, than waiting for the right person to come along. Um, And I know right now in the Times, there's a lot of businesses out there that are trying to hire and can't find the right person. There's a lot of turnover. So do you have any word's of wisdom or anything to speak to that like hiring the right person versus just trying to take someone.
2: Oh, absolutely. I think hiring the right person even if you have to wait um is is a whole lot more effective in the organization. It's 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 easier to wait and bring the right person on than if you bring the wrong person in. Um, that can can have a whole lot of ripple effects that that you don't want. So, you know, just to hire a warm body because there's a warm body there, that really, it's not fair to that person if they're not a good fit. It's not fair to the organization, um, and and the coworkers and and the whole, um, the whole feel of of what needs to be, I think, is detrimental to, you know, not have, The right people on the bus, so to speak, and Mm -hmm. then the right people in the right seats on the bus. Right.
0: Yes. And then
2: scenario, because it's not
1: just on the bus, but where on the bus are they sitting? Right. Um, Because it really like I mean, if you think about it, like same thing, like if you're in a like I work with some people that do dragon boating. And so it's like where you're positioned in the boat, on which side of the boat you're on, depending on what your strength is, you know, mm-hmm. like all of that, it matters. So the efficiency of that boat goes forward. It's not about just having a set number of people on the boat, right? Um, and so really understanding that, I think, is is huge for the soft skill component of leadership. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm sorry, I think I interrupted you. <laughs> no, that's
0: okay. I was going to say, so yeah. what, um, from your role then in leadership, when you're waiting to find that right person, how do you help those employees that may be, you know, overworking, you know, taking on that job in that meantime, how do you create that good environment? So they're, they're with you, you know, they are also on board that, yes, let's wait for the right person. Uh, I think
2: a lot of it is just acknowledging that, yes, right now, this might be a difficult time. We all have to pitch in and do a little bit more uh, and, you know, show gratitude for them. But I think if you just as a manager acknowledge what your people are feeling and what they're going through um, and and you're transparent saying this is what we're doing and you know we're we we just don't want to bring on the someone that won't be an asset to the team
0: Um, Mm -hmm.
2: I think the whole for me the whole concept of teamwork was always uh, very helpful, because that way, everybody has their place on the team, they know that what they do affects the the whole, the greater good, and uh, so just being aware of that, and, and acknowledging, you know, that uh, the, this will end, it'll be fine, we'll bring someone great on, it just takes a little while, and um, you know, that way, they're not in the dark, they don't feel like they're being taken, advi- and taking advantage of, and right. um, yeah. so everybody's on the same page. so to speak. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think
1: that's something that, I mean, we've, you know, in clinics we've dealt with in the past with trying to bring on a clinician, trying to bring on front desk, whatever it might be. And it is like, I mean, it's brutal when, when you don't have the right help, but it's more brutal when you have the wrong help. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Like It just like, you know, I got, you know, I'm always like, okay, we're just going to like, just keep trucking, you know, let's have lunch together. Let's come together. Let's communicate. How's everybody doing? What can we do to create those small breaks? Like what's, what's the point that's like tipping you over? Like you're not looking good today. So what's going on? Um, can we take one thing off and would that make the difference? Yes. Like if, if just this one thing was off, I could do the rest. Great. Let's get that off and let's figure out where we can put that. Right. because sometimes it really, it really is that just, if we can just get one, you know, then you can, you can hold this pace for a while, right? <laughs> Not forever, uh, but for a while. And, uh, and I think that also, in in my experience has gone a long way with individuals saying, okay, thank you. Like, I'm willing to do this. I'm willing to, you know, keep busting about it, but thank you for helping to keep me viable because, mm-hmm. uh, you know, you don't want them to burn out and quit and everything right. else because then it's like now you're really in a bind. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I think the the way I see organizations is uh, especially in, in the clinical world is like a wheel. Um, so, you know, if you think of like, you know, all the spokes in a wheel, like you mm-hmm. have to have the spokes evenly distributed in order for the wheel to be able to hold the weight of the bike. And so each spoke is equally important. So, whether it's the front desk, whether it's intake, uh, whether it's billing, whether it's a clinician, whether it's marketing, um, all of that, every spoke is important. If someone wasn't answering the phone, then I wouldn't have a patient to see, Mm -hmm. right? (laughs) So, and if we weren't getting paid on that patient, then we couldn't pay our people, right? right? So, there's not one spoke that's more important. Each spoke has to evenly divide the weight of that wheel. And so, the more that the team can understand that, they are integral to the organization, then ideally there's value in that. And so then if they feel valued and they can come to the the manager and say, Hey, this is what's going on with me. And then be part of the solution. Now that wheel is getting stronger and stronger. And you're really starting to build up a way for the organization to work together. And hopefully, you know, hopefully you don't get blindsided. <laughs> but like, uh, but I mean, really, I think for the most part, when people are valued, they give value back in. And then now we can start having a team that communicates.
2: Well, so. and I think that builds trust. And I think yeah. trust is so important that yeah. you can trust each other. You can trust your managers um, because without that trust, I think things can can crumble quickly also.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I was going to say, along with trust, I think one, um, important thing, and this kind of goes a little bit with leadership, but I think it definitely affects the relationships in work is, um, like consistent expectations, especially
2: yes. from
0: coworkers, from the leadership position of you just, you know, what their expectations are each day. So it makes it easy. I know what I need to go in what I got to do, what makes them, you know, what makes this person happy, what, Whereas if it's someone I've seen, especially so with my coaching, where one day they're hard, one day they're joking, one day they're laughing, you know, the kids have a really hard time knowing who showed, who came in today. Right. And right. So I feel like that also like in the working world makes a big difference is like just being very consistent with expectations on what needs to be done and things like that.
1: Yeah. Well, and I think sometimes there's a misconception with people coming into the workplace, if they're sitting at a desk next to somebody or in an office with somebody, that somehow they're meant to be friends. And it's like this, you know, feelings get hurt because they don't necessarily like want to do something after work or, you know, like Mm -hmm. it can get really muddled between friendship and then co-working relationship. Um, And so I've seen that happen as well. And it's, it's, uh, it's always been really interesting to me. Like when I'm in, when I'm at work, like I'm here to work, not, I mean, we can be friendly, I would say, but right. like, I'm not, I'm not coming in to be like, uh, it's, it's your it's, goal. Isn't
0: to create friendships when you no, go to it's work.
1: completely different than social. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. Now,
1: if people are doing something outside of work and do want to get together to have dinner or hang out, whatever it might be now that's different. Now you have a different hat on. Right. right. Um, but I think it can get muddled and Mm -hmm. I think that also creates just, um, difference in expectations of like, oh, but you're my friend. You should have my back. You should defend me. Um, even if it's like, well, I, you weren't productive or you didn't get your job done or, you know, whatever it might be. And it's like, no, it's like, we're here to, you know, move this, whatever this is from point A to point B you know, has nothing to do, like, you hold up your end of the bargain, I hold up my end of the bargain, we're all trying yeah. to just earn a paycheck, like, um, so I've seen that as well, where there's just a little bit of a um, difference between being friends and being co-workers, mm-hmm. and I do think there needs to be a, a line when you're at work that we can be friendly and social as long as the job is getting done, and we're here to do this job, that's our intention in the space,
0: right,
2: um,
1: so I don't know if you've noticed that in the past with. Well, people. I have.
2: And I think a lot of that is really up to the manager or the boss or whatever to set that pace, to set those expectations mm-hmm. um, and to, to make it very clear that, you know, everybody has their job to do. And if if there's something, you know, that's not working, then it, let's address that. But um mm-hmm. Yeah. And then, you know, just to to set those boundaries between this is the workplace. And, you know, if you go out after work, hey, everybody's invited, you know, and just keep it keep it inclusive like that, because to pick and choose um, that that doesn't do uh, much good for the overall morale uh, of the of the organization.
1: Which I think it's into the culture of the organization. Mm-hmm, right. Very much. Yeah. There's a in crowd and an out crowd. Mm-hmm. And the minute that starts happening, then that really can affect the um how people feel when they show up for right. work. Yeah. Um have you experienced that, Bobby? Like that in versus out.
0: Yeah, like yes. And I've been on both sides of it at the same workplace. So um Ooh, that's confusing. <laughs> you're, you're, you're switching, <laughs> up, right? You're like, hey. Got- you know, I had one job that I am I am so grateful I don't have, but I'm so grateful I got to experience because it has shown me like it sh- it has shown me so much <laughs> and like so much <laughs> of like what not to do. And uh-huh. um yeah, yes, definitely. I've been on both sides of that and ultimately is why I left. So mm-hmm.
1: yeah. Yeah, I call it uh, back to the wall. So when I'm in a new situation or a new group, um you just kind of stand back and just watch.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Right. Um, mm-hmm. so whether it's, you know, you're entering a new job or, you know, whatever, you know, whatever it might be, and it's really interesting. Um, or if you're interviewing for a job, you know, mm-hmm. I-, I would like to be able to see the um, you know, let's let's do a one-on-one. Obviously, you need to get to know me, but like I really want to see what the interaction of the day to day is like. And it's been very interesting because I've, um, especially I, I've had some jobs that were not the culture I was looking for. We'll say that. (laughs) (laughs) And that taught me how to interview better for me. Mm -hmm. So how could I find a better place? Because words are just words. Actions are different. And so I would do an interview and it would, okay, I'd like, I'd love to see just the, you know, during the day, if I could just kind of. Observe for a little while, you know, see what what the vibe of the clinic is. I mean, you can like it's just palpable, like you can mm-hmm. just feel it. And you're like, nope, <laughs> like I don't care what your pay is. <laughs> like if I have to be there for, I mean, it's not forty hours a week that you're there. No, no, like you're working forty hours, but then you've got the lunch break built in with us and PT. We've got documentation time. We've got mm-hmm. chart prep time. So I mean it is way more than 40 hours of your week that you're spending with this group of individuals. Mm-hmm. So like it's just as important how much you're going to make as who you're going to be surrounded by and um on the flip side you know not from the employer side but from the employee side when you're looking for a job really trying to spend some time observing in the um in the environment where you would be working is quite interesting sometimes. Um right? yeah.
0: Yeah, it can be very, it's actually a great idea, Jess. Mm -hmm.
1: And I ask when people come to work for me, same thing, please come and observe. You do not know you, I can tell you whatever I want to tell you. I can can tell you anything I want, right? It's just words, but you're not going to know if this is what you're looking for until you come in and observe and see what the flow is like. What's the day-to-day like meet who you're going to be working with your coworkers. Is this, is this the pace you like, like, I don't know. Right. (laughs) I want you to work here just as much as you want to work here Mm -hmm. to be this. Like we both are really excited about this because it really feels good. Um, So the observation time I think is, is really key. Um, I mean, I've avoided some places before because (laughs) of that. And it just, like I said, back to the wall, you know, that way it's Mm -hmm. like, you just kind of, you know, look around, kind of get a vibe, eye contact mannerisms count the bodies in the room you know in my world like how many patients are here right right you know we don't double book (laughs) oh but uh how many therapists are on the floor right now (laughs) that's a that's a lot of people in here (laughs) oh yeah well you know but if they if someone comes in well i mean we'll get them in Uh oh that's double double book right yeah (laughs) well i mean but if they need you know if they need an appointment that day, then we just, we get them in. So if the schedule is full, you put them in. Well, yeah, that's a double book. (laughs) (laughs) Meaning the schedule is full and you put them in. You're stealing time from somebody, right? Yeah. Yeah, so it's like, that's the kind of stuff where I'm like, if you're willing to be that dishonest with me about this, then what else are you willing to be dishonest with me Mm -hmm. about? And then, you know, so it's like all of that kind of, you know. Communication. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Perfect. Um, well, Kate, we really appreciate you coming on. Well, I think it's my pleasure. Hopefully helpful for people to hear about both sides of the story, right? So mm-hmm. from a leadership perspective, if you're in a leadership role, what are things that you can do to just be sensitive to culture and um, you know, just aware of what could be going on that could be affecting why the workplace might not be great. Um, And it really, there's changes that you can implement uh, that really are not all that difficult. You know, at the clinic I was in, the Enneagram was huge for us because Mm -hmm. we had really, really wide personality ranges and um, that helped a ton. And you can do an Enneagram test for free. Um, You can do it online and learn a little bit about yourself and then learn about others and make it a really open um, discussion of like, hey, like, when I'm saying something like this, uh, it's, it's because I'm just a really direct person. I'm not trying to, you know, put you down. I just didn't have time for the niceties, you know? Oh, how are you today? What's going on? It's like, what's hey, on with the schedule, <laughs> you know? So All those right. are just, those are very different personalities. So. Um, and I think
0: that. going with the love languages that, that also, you know, how the love languages you try to show, you try to show others how you love or appreciate them in the ways that they understand. You can then use that Enneagram Mm -hmm. to understand, oh, this person, you know, doesn't do direct well. Like I need to be a little bit extra aware, especially when you're in a leadership role, a little extra aware of like how to approach them and how to help them and give them feedback. Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah. Or, or give them praise. Right. Mm -hmm. So that's huge. Appreciation is huge. Yeah. You might not be able to afford a major raise, which I mean, who doesn't want to raise But like words of affirmation might Mm -hmm. be something that's huge for them. Yeah. So just taking the time to say, I really appreciate X, Y, and Z, or like, I was really impressed with like, don't hold that in, say it, Mm -hmm. let the person know. I mean, I've worked in jobs before where I never, I didn't hear one bit of positive feedback ever, even though, There was, you know, all the questionnaires that the patients would fill out. There was positive stuff in there. I never once heard positive feedback. The only thing I ever heard was, what are your stats? What are your numbers? And my impression of that was that all I was was worth numbers, Mm -hmm. you know, um, even if my numbers were good, it just was like, don't you appreciate like the patient's getting better? Like, why do we even do these surveys if you're not going to tell us the results, you know, Mm -hmm. (laughs) like- So it's things like that. Words of affirmation go a long way to show um, individuals how much you appreciate them. And then they're going to be more likely to share that with somebody else. Mm -hmm. Right. So you're kind of, you're, you're driving how that culture is, is going to play out. So then somebody else is more likely to say, Oh my gosh, I was really impressed with what you did last week. So now Mm -hmm. the coworkers start using words of affirmation Mm -hmm. to show, Hey, that really helped me. Thank you so much. So All of this plays into any kind of relationship, but workplace, I think, is something that um, it can be. I've experienced it; it can be very toxic, um, but it can also be really, really great and very Mm -hmm. positive. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, all right, everybody. Well, make sure to follow us on. We're on Facebook, Instagram, and we have a um, a closed group on Facebook now where um, it's free to join. uh, But we just we have a little bit more conversation there. We can kind of make sure we're. We're admitting people in there that will have um, nice, positive dialogue and um, um, good, great info uh, on, a, on a daily basis that we post in there. And then we also have our, our paid group for those individuals that want to be part of the Two Gals Insiders. And that group is a group where you're able to have a an, an, an portal that you have, we have information that we can really tangibly make change. And so every month, the information follows along with the podcast, but there's a lot of additional information in there. And then Dr. Bobby and I also go live once a month with our two gals, uh, insiders mm-hmm. members. And so we have prizes that we do all sorts of fun stuff, but it's really about like truly making the steps to small change and, um, helping that to living a more active and healthy lifestyle.
0: And make sure to subscribe to us on YouTube as well. And we also put up extra little videos, uh, physical therapy tips on there along with the podcast.
1: Absolutely. All right, everybody, we will catch you next month, which is going to be December. And we're going to be covering gift giving, Um, not just about buying gifts, but all ways of gift giving. So using our concept of love language. So don't miss it. (laughs) Mm-hmm. <laughs>